we would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we are in our perspective dungeons. That's right. Because of the way the universe and the world is these days, we don't get to sit in the same room anymore. That's sad. So, if our audio is weird, we sound like we're far, far away, or we don't even sound like we're in the same room. That's because we're not. Because we're all in <laughs> different true. places. That is absolutely true. So, enjoy us in our different realms of the universe. There are some people that get to sit in the same room. Lucky them. But not us. But that doesn't mean we won't stop bringing this show to you. That means that you will get some extra awesomeness because that's what we like to do. So with that intro out of the way, we're here to talk tonight about how to keep toxic fandom out of your life because you need to. It's just, that is the one thing that I feel like has just grown over the last couple of years where as geekdom, uh, these fandoms have become acceptable and mainstream that now it's become so toxic and horrible, it's, it's, it's bad. I mean, it used to be, you know, people found out you like Dungeons and Dragons or you like superheroes and comics and you got a wedgie and then thrown into a locker <laughs> or who, all sorts of crappy things happen to you. You know, maybe your underpants were somehow ripped off and ran up the flagpole. You know, nowadays it's just like it seems like everyone's like now that we're the we're the top dog we're the kind of popular group we can say anything and everything we want and no we shouldn't we shouldn't do that especially now, one of the especially when it's negative yeah just now need- one of the big things that uh, i do want to make sure to clarify if people are listening to this show that's probably because you're willing to put up with our slightly less than gatekeepiness and occasionally getting something wrong or saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. And we appreciate you for that. So hopefully this is not advice that is directed as you being the toxic one. No, no. we do want to make sure that we help those of you who might be uh, adjacent to some of those problems from having to fall victim to them. No, I see. This is the thing that's, that's in my opinion is, interesting it's okay to have an opinion it's okay to speak up about your opinion but there is a very fine line where that opinion becomes toxic or abusive or something like that you know it's okay to say wow i really hated rise of sky of skywalker i didn't like that movie but when you say when someone says but i like that and then you start attacking them in a negative way instead of having a a, a good constructive conversation. Conflict is good. Conflict is healthy. It's when it becomes negative and unhealthy that it this toxic fandom uh, arises. You know, if someone is stating, "Hey, this is why I like Rise of Skywalker." This point, this point, and this point, and then you know the other person counters, "Well, you know, okay, I can see you're, where you're coming from, but this is the reason I don't like it because of X, Y, Z." That's a healthy conversation. It's okay to have that going on. But when you start attacking that person and saying, well, you're just stupid. You're an idiot. Why? Because you don't, you can't see these blatant flaws with this movie and how horrible it was constructed. I mean, at that point, you're toxic. There, there's no construction. There's no healthy conversation going there. 
There's no healthy conflict. And that's, I think that's where a lot of people are sitting instead of having wonderful conversations between two individuals that love something that can actually develop something where maybe you can see their point of view or they can start seeing your point of view. But instead we're bashing people for having their own views. And I just think that that is just beyond what we're trying at. And, and that's something that I, I have always loved about doing the show here is even when someone has not agreed with myself and another co-host or even uh, a guest that we brought on, we can have a, a, a great conversation about these topics, even though we don't agree on that topic. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I remember um, a handful of years ago now when uh, we still had McKay on the show. Um, McKay definitely has a very specific view on home consoles and video games. And my view uh, of which I, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I have really strong opinions about things and uh, and his opinions and my opinions clash, but uh, not terribly long ago. We were able to have a conversation, albeit via Facebook at the time, but we had a conversation going back and forth. And, and it would sound, especially in the beginning, that we were on polar opposites of this debate, as it were. And the, it shifted from being a debate to being a discussion and then ultimately an understanding of each other. And it wasn't about tearing each other down. And it wasn't about trying to say that, you know, your fandom is wrong and my fandom is right. It was more like trying to understand why the other person likes what they like and then saying, that's great, high five. Uh, so, so let's kind of back it up just a second. Let's back it up just a second. I, I, I can already hear, and, and I, you know, Alton is the expert on the show at doing this and I'm gonna try my hand at this and then Alton's gonna make it better. Um, there, I, I bet you we can identify at least three things that if done consecutively will help you prevent, mitigate, or fight against toxic fan, fan toxic, what do you call it? Toxic, toxic fan, fandom? Fa fan toxicity, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I can already think of one thing, um, which is listen, but don't listen to respond. Hear yeah. them out. Completely yeah. hear out their point of view. Don't be sitting there waiting Okay, they're going to say this. I can jump on that. No, hear them out. Because if you're listening to respond, you're not listening. That's exactly right. In fact, my thought was the very first step is speak up. Like, feel free to express your opinion. But when you're expressing your opinion, you should be able to say what you like that, that you support or maybe even something that you don't like, uh, that you don't support without tearing down the people or the person who is the opposite of you. You shouldn't have to deprecate or um, uh, insult or tear down someone else to prove that your stance is correct. You should be able to say what you believe one way or the other yeah. and make it a part of you, not taking a part of someone else. Yeah, you definitely don't, when you're, you're trying to prove your point, you don't wanna be tearing the other person down so that you look better. You know, it's okay to have a difference of opinion and just leave it at that. You don't have to make them feel like garbage or, or like an idiot for having their point of view. It's okay that they have their point of view. Mm -hmm. Another big piece of this in, in my mind is also making sure to learn how to recognize 
when you are feeling something strongly, either in agreement or in objection to what somebody is saying or what they want to talk about, right? And this is something that I really struggle with, not, not always in the fandom situation, but even in the workplace and, you know, being able to, to talk and communicate even on the show sometimes. You guys have heard me more than once interrupt Krebs or Dan in the middle of a thought to interject <laughs> my own opinion. And it's not because I have any malicious intent. Unfortunately, both Krebs and Dan have a good relationship with me to understand that I am not trying to put anybody down or speak less of or ill of anything. Absolutely. But one of the critical pieces to solving that puzzle, something that I work on very regularly is I'm feeling something strongly. Why? What's the trigger? What's the thing that's going on that's making me feel this for positive or negative? And if I can understand that I am feeling something very strongly, then it gives an opportunity to help set up some of that framework and perhaps avoid putting one's foot in one's own mouth. I absolutely agree with that. Um, I can even think of examples. Um, for uh, I know that uh, when, when I'm teaching, when I'm standing when I'm standing in front of my students, I know there are certain hot button issues. Uh, for example, although I grew up in the '80s watching Transformers and Voltron and um, even like the occasional uh, Phoenix Force or anything like that, the truth is, as much as I appreciate the artistry, I am not a big anime fan, uh, especially of contemporary anime. I'm just, it, it's not my style of storytelling. It's not my thing. The art is beautiful. I always appreciate the animation, but the conventions, the tropes, um, the uh, just, just the whole slew is something that just doesn't appeal to me. But my students, I there's a whole subculture of my students that are diehards. And uh, I like, to say inflammatory, I like to make inflammatory statements uh, just to push their buttons. Now it's meant to be shock value. It's meant to be like a momentary joke. And I'll even tell them, I'm like, hey, I'm just teasing. I'm just messing with you. You know, I make it clear so it doesn't just hang in the air. But I've said things in the past like, oh no, I don't watch that. I watch good shows. And then, you know, stuff like that. Or I don't play po Pokemon Go. I'm an adult. And then I'll say things like, you know, I'm purposely pushing buttons just to get a shock out of them because I'm the professor. I'm not supposed to say yes. stuff like that, right? And they know that I, I, I make it clear I'm just messing with them. But that's very different from, I, I, I have, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but uh, there, there seems to be, there seems to be a pattern of social media influencers on YouTube, on Instagram, on even on TikTok, that uh, they recognize that when they say something of shocking value, if they say something negative, it tends to get them more views, even if it's hostile views, it tends to get them more views and therefore more pay than saying something positive, building something up. Um, this is this is the whole Green Goblin concept of people love nothing more than to see a hero fall, fail, die trying. You know, I, I guess it's fail, fall, die trying. But anyway, you know what I mean. And so what we find is that in social media, that which is negative gets more purchase, it gets more traction than typically that which is positive. 
have you guys noticed that? Have you seen that in your own respective spheres? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, just that's even in typical business, you see that you more often will hear uh, complaints than you will a positive. Uh, you can get a positive email. I mean, you. It just seems to be the thing, you know. Um, negativity really gets thrown at us. Uh, you know, it's really easy to inflame someone with a negative comment and then everyone else jumps on the wagon. Oh yeah, blah, blah, blah. When, and then it's, it's, and it's weird because a positive comment goes a long way. Yeah. You know, um, when my first book came out, um, I got a one-star review and it really, it, it was a, you know, drop kick to the nuts with a <laughs> pair of steel booted cleats uh it's it hurt you know and then after that just you know it was just like one after another it's like okay you know no one really likes this book blah 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 and it, it you know even though the reviews were decent because of that one it, i just kind of got in this negative mindset mm-hmm. and then it took just one person coming up just gushing over it to go whoa wait a minute okay, I've got something here. Um, and that's, that's the weird power of negativity is it does have such a strong hold on us that, and that's why this toxic fandom is so strong because, you know, someone makes a negative comment and someone's a, you know, it's kind of like this, uh, you know, the snowball at the top of the mountain, yeah. it's really small and you push it. You know, we've seen it a thousand times in movies where it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And now it's this massive thing and nothing can stop it. And I feel like that's how toxic fandom is. It starts with one person, they say a comment, and then it just grows. Well, you know what I got from that story, though, as I was listening to you uh, explain how that those reviews impacted you. Um, what that tells me, and this gives me hope, is that, you know, passionate negativity is contagious we know that but it sounds like passionate positivity can be just as powerful and i've seen situations where if you get into like a like a focus group that's asked for their opinion the moment someone says something negative it becomes this downhill bash session like you're saying with like small effect and everything Mm -hmm. but if the first person to speak speaks positively that tends to bring the positivity out of others as well yeah. So, so going back to like our first step, as it were, when you go to speak your mind, it's okay to not like something. It's okay to love something. Um, but when you're speaking, try to find a way to do so in a positive light. Even if you're saying that you don't like something, sometimes it can be a good exercise to say one thing that you did like about it. Uh, and it's just, you can come to the conclusion that it wasn't your flavor. Uh, you didn't appreciate the ending to the story, uh, but there was this really cool character arc development that happened two thirds of the way in. You did like that, you know, that was okay. If you can find some silver lining, some positive thing about something, then try to hop on that because that positivity, if you can feel passionate about the positivity, that will spread to others. And I think that that can help mitigate toxic fandom. Well, this is the one thing that I've always said um, you know, when I've talked uh, at conventions and stuff like that, is if you're going to give a negative review, you know, it's okay. It's okay if you didn't like it. 
That's right. Give constructive feedback. Why didn't you like it? You know, I didn't like it because of X, Y, Z. Not just like, I didn't like it because the characters were horrible. I'd, you know, come back with, I didn't like it because the characters didn't feel fully fleshed out. They felt flimsy or, you know, that love scene in the middle of the book just threw me completely out. And then I couldn't get back into the story or, you know, those things can then help like the person writing, going, okay, these are the things I did wrong. How can I fix those next time? Uh, constructive criticism is always good because it's a positive thing. Even though I didn't like this, here's something that can maybe help you. So next time I would. Yeah. So do you want casual armchair psychologist, Alton, for a moment here? Ooh, oh, casual yes, armchair psychologist. Do we, have, do we have intro music for that? Would that be okay? Let's put I that in. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, editor, editor, just, you know, just drop that in right, right here. Casual psychology with Dr. Elton Wheelhouse. So, well, doctor is a little generous. We'll start there. Not a real doctor. Thank you. A doctor in the same way, you know, Dr. Pepper, the soft drink is a doctor, not <laughs> Dr. Pepper, the person the soft drink was named after was a doctor. Um, so, uh, but, you know, uh, our, our brains are regulated by many, many different chemicals, right? But in essence, if we boil it all down to a simple thing, our biology is hardwired to, to do a few things, right? Avoid problems, particularly pain, suffering, issues, find pleasure, right? Um, but the way that we accomplish that is by being very attentive to things that are wrong or off or that are outside of the norm. And similarly, one of the reasons that human biology works the way that it does and why our brains evolved the way they did and our societies evolved the way that we did is that we have found that it is beneficial to us to be able to trust in group think, which means that if we are presented with an idea that we have not considered before, that will generally elicit a much stronger reaction from us, positive, negative, or otherwise, right? Um, and so, especially if it's our baby who we love and somebody comes up and calls it ugly, we're going to want to feel very strongly about that. And one of the ways that a lot of people talk about giving criticism uh, is, is in the sandwich model, right? The say something good, say something bad, finish with something good. <sighs> I, I don't personally subscribe to that completely. And this is why. The underlying principle of that idea is very, very good, which I'll get to in just a minute. However, people can also very easily tell when you are just trying to say something to say something. Yeah, and that doesn't true. feel good to anybody. What is very important to the point that the two of you have made is to be able to find those silver lining things. Because what that does is when we present a problem, that the other person is not considered before, their brain is going to immediately jump into firefighting mode. Even though the things that we're talking about here are not actual real dangers, our brain still interprets them chemically very, very similarly, right? I put this thing out, I spent years, weeks, months, whatever, or it's my favorite fandom, or it's my favorite whatever, and I've thought a lot about this. Now somebody is presenting me with information that either I have not heard or that I may even fundamentally disagreement, disagree with, and chemically that poses a conflict, something that I need to overcome, right? But if that person is able to honestly and sincerely accompany that with an idea of, these are the things that I did like, or this is what I would have liked to see more, or this is a solution that you might consider to that problem, 
what you're doing is you're following it up with a dopamine hit and a social reinforcement that says there's no real danger here, just things to consider, right? And that's a really good thing to do. For example, Krebs, I hate your hair. No, I'm just kidding. That's really, really mean. Nothing, uh, new. Nothing new. But, you know, we, we've, we've had a lot of passionate conversations on the show regarding things like Transformers, which I've never really been into, um, or uh, movies, which, again, over the last six years, as I've been with my wife, I've gotten much more involved in, but there's a lot of things that are just new to me. And some things that either Krebs or Dan or viewer out there, listener out there, you feel very strongly about. And I feel very differently about because I'm coming in with a completely different eyes, right? Completely different background, completely different understanding. And so when I say Kroll was an okay film <laughs> and I leave it at that, the immediate instinctual reaction that the brain says is I need to get ready to fight something is wrong. This is not what I am used to. Whenever I think of Kroll, I have warm, fuzzy, happy feelings inside and everything is awesome. So that means something is wrong here. But when I can follow that up with saying, it's clear that there are a lot of competing influences going on in the direction, in the writing, in the art style, things that were being adapted and readapted as changes were happening in the movie industry. And I can see how some of that can create some flaws in the film. Now, the brain is saying, oh, okay, contextually, we're not saying everything is wrong, everything is garbage. What we're saying is, this is an area in which there's additional insight, things to look at, things to continue. And beyond that, it opens up really cool conversations for Krebs and I, Dan and I, to go on and talk about, these were the things that really did stand out, that have gone on to inspire game designs and additional conversations and stories and things like that. And that is a major gap in filling in some of that toxicity because we are now no longer creating a fight or flight response in the opposite person. We're giving them context for a difference in viewpoint, not in validity in either viewpoint. Truth. You've had that uh, casual armchair psychiatry moment with Alton, thank you. And that was Casual Psychology with Dr. Alton Wheelhouse. <laughs> Not a real doctor. But maybe a Dr. Pepper. Maybe a Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Actual Dr. Pepper. I, I am told I'm very spicy, so mm. that works out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, and, and that's really where, as we start to think about how do we prevent ourselves from being toxic fans and, and participating in toxic fandom of any type, being able to understand that Every person has different understanding and background. There are going to be things that intrinsically ring better to us than other people. Yeah. But even in context, very, very rarely do we look at something and with true throughout say, this is garbage, this is bad. Usually it's, there's this one thing or sometimes a list of things, but there are things that stand out that don't appeal to me personally. There are also going to be things that aren't. So well, the follow-up, oh, sorry, go ahead, Dan. No, I was going to say, I mean, the biggest problem I think right now mm. is, I mean, let's roll back time. When we were younger, most of our interactions were in person. So when we were discussing things, we could read body language. You know, if we started going off on what we thought, we could read the person across from us and say, oh, wait a minute, maybe I'm, I'm, going, I'm pushing a little too hard. Let's back, 
let's back off. Hey, or I need to explain more. Yeah. Or we explain more. We check in with that person. That's gone. I really feel like that, that aspect is gone because social media, people can just throw something out there and then check out, wash their hands of it. I'm gone. They can say whatever they want and not care because they don't see the harm or the hurt that it inflicts on the person on the other end. I mean, uh, the gal that played Rose in, um, oh, episode eight and nine. Yeah. Yeah. In in, in eight, the last Jedi, um, she got blasted. I mean, it, it was horrible seeing this happen. And that's because these people, they, they didn't see the pain they inflicted. They didn't care. And nor did they even evaluate. This was just a person doing the job they were hired for mm-hmm. and doing the direction they were given. It's not like that was all her. You know, she was mm-hmm. following what she was told to do. That was the job. That's what she was getting paid for. You know, she just didn't show up and did what she wanted and left. And Disney or the direct, you know, Ryan Johnson has said, okay, that's what I got to deal with. No, she was taking direction from Ryan Johnson. She was taking direction, or Ryan Johnson was taking direction from Kathleen Kennedy and Disney and, and so on and so forth. But they attacked her. And she, and that was horrible. We don't need to attack an individual for doing a job. Um, you know, it's well, like a writer, yeah. you know, a writer, they, they put all their heart and soul in there. Even if they, it doesn't hit your funny bones or your magical happy bones, uh, it does for someone else. And we shouldn't attack those people. And hand in hand with that, you know, the other, the other big thing that I think you're starting to hit on there is that anytime that we are talking about ideas or passions, especially projects, things that have to come together that have many aspects to them, it is a cumulative process of many different people, many different thought processes and ideas that not only need to come together, but also have to be reconciled against each other. And even that process itself can result in less than perfect things. If the director had one idea and the editor had another idea and the producer had a third idea and the actor had a fourth, the final cut of the film is the final cut of the film. You have to reconcile all of those into a single shot or over the course of many shots to be able to create a much fuller picture in a very limited amount of time. But you're talking about crews of hundreds that are all having to have those ideas reconciled at the same time, not just one or two people. Well, I'm I'm going to throw out an example. I mean, before we even hit record, uh, you know, we're waiting for Krebs and you and I had a small discussion about a game. It's a game you're really passionate about, you're fired up about. And I'm just like, you know, I'm not that big of a fan of the game. And this is why we still had a discussion. Not once was, man, Dan, you're an idiot. Why why don't you love this game? It's so amazing. Nor did I say, Alton, you're crazy. It was just like, yo, hey, that's awesome. You know, you like it. I'm not a big fan of it. That's how these conversations should be. It's okay that we have different opinions but we don't have to degrade or bash each other you know and it's okay that that game is you're so passionate about and it's not one of my favorites it's an okay game for me and for you it's one of those games that you just love and it's just one of those pinnacle games and that's that's fantastic i appreciate the fact that that is that type of game for you and i think that's how we need to be 
as fans and as people is it's okay for people to be passionate about the things they're passionate about. It's okay for us to be passionate about the things we're passionate about. And that doesn't mean we are less of a person because of those things, nor is the other person on the other side of the table. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. So, so how then do we progress forward and how do we prevent mitigate or even fight against uh, fan toxicity? How do we, how do we actually put a stop to it? How do we push back against the tide? I mean, so, go ahead. So I think two parts of that, I think we really need to look through it through two different lenses. The first is how do I prevent myself from becoming a toxic fan or participating in a toxic fandom? And then the second thing is how do I deal with a situation in which I am either surrounded by or confronting toxicity without becoming toxic myself or making the situation worse. I mean, and I think, yeah, I was going to, mine kind of ties in with that. Um, it look kind of play your comment back through your head and imagine yourself on the other side of the conversation. Is what you're saying going to hurt the person on the other side? If, if you were that person receiving this information, is this, is this something that's going to hurt me or is that going to hurt them? If so, maybe change up the language, maybe change it up. Cause I mean, that's the big part of this component of toxic fandom. We just don't care if it hurts the other person. We're just, we're saying it to say it out, get it out there. Um, and by evaluating that, I think that's a good thing. Now, when it's coming at us, you know, like Alton said, um, we can't really, we don't get that chance. But we can choose how we respond, even if it, you know, we are getting hurt. You know, if we attack back, we're in the same boat that they they are. You know, but if we can say, "Whoa, what's going on? What, what's all this negativity? What's what's this hostility? I, I don't agree with this." Um, and then have a civil conversation. I think if we can just dial that back, you know, clearly we've seen multiple times when someone throws a bomb at one country and that country throws another bomb back we know a war is going to happen yeah. uh it's pretty much the same thing with words you know someone's going to lob a grenade at you how do you deal with that you know do you act like steve rogers that jumps on the grenade and throw and asks everyone to run away or do you pick up the grenade and lob it back i mean really it's kind of how it is um Krebs, what thoughts do you have well, I think you both have made extremely salient points. Um, and I've been sitting here thinking, I, what, what more could I contribute here? And I've been cogitating on the idea, when is it the right time to fight back? Like, and, and maybe, that's, maybe that is the wrong question. Uh, in my own life growing up, and we've talked about this on the show before, I was very small for my age. I got bullied a lot. And as I got older... I learned that in many cases, not all, but in many cases, um, the best response to being attacked or to being bullied is often to be prepared to defend yourself, whether it's with words or whether it's with something more than words. Now, with fandom here, of course, we're only talking about discussion. We're only talking about conversation. At no point should fandoms cross into the physical realm. That said, um, is there a time 
when it's okay to stand up? And I think the answer is always when it's in defense of yourself or defense of another person, but you don't have to fight in defense of the intangible or the irrelevant. Uh, a lot of people will get heated in discussions and they'll just start going off about this story arc or that character development or this use of the of the character and and uh and then and then when you sit back and you think about it for a second it's like none of the things you mentioned are actually in the real world they are all imaginary and in the process of defending the imaginary you're willing to roast or ruin another living human being mm -hmm. that cannot be the way that we behave we have to be able, this goes back to what Dan was saying about like, if you're listening to respond, then you're, you're not listening at all. In yeah. fact, one of the ways that I've discussed that when it comes to just interpersonal interaction is if you're, it, debate can be healthy. Like you were saying, Dan, conflict can be healthy. Yeah. And conflict is healthy when you are both working to try to find the truth or you're trying to find what's right or you're trying to find what works when it becomes toxic or unhealthy is when you're arguing to win. Yeah. If you're just looking mm -hmm. to win, you're doing it wrong and you've already lost. So I would say the way that we push back the tide of toxicity is we, we do what Dan was saying earlier. We hear each other out. We acknowledge that people are allowed to have their opinions and their views. We're allowed to disagree with them, but at no point, should we be attacking the person on the other end? It should always, it should always be about, I view it this way. I see this value. Um, we disagree on that, but that's okay. We're allowed to disagree. And thank you for letting me see things from your perspective. Yeah. yeah. So as you guys know, my brain works a particular way. And so I have my, my witticism uh, prepared as I've been listening to what you guys have been saying and trying to like collate it through in my head. You know, I, I like leaving something snappy and easy to remember, right? So if you want to avoid being poisoned by toxicity, you got to put on your PPE. Oh, baby. Here we oh, go. Baby. It's my three accurate, three step acronym. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Step one, pay attention, sincere, honest, true attention. Listen to what they're saying. Listen to the way that they're saying it. Identify, you know, those things that they're feeling elevated about, they're feeling passionate about, right? And really, truly listen, because you may find that there are things that they are saying or ways that they are saying it that you agree with. And there may be things that you listen to it and you realize they are saying it this way, but what they actually mean is this, and this is not as much in conflict with me as the way that they may have phrased it, <laughs> right? Step two, now that you have actually paid attention and listened, the second P is play it both ways. As I'm thinking about my response, and as I'm thinking about what, you know, what I feel, I also need to think about how they are going to feel, how they are going to receive it. Is there a way that I can phrase this differently. Is there a way that, you know, maybe this is a point that we're just going to disagree on and that can be okay. And then the third thing is, as you have now considered that response and considered that way to interact with other people, elevate your response. Turn it into an opportunity to extend an olive branch, to 
find that thing that you both agree on, that you both love, or like I did with Dan earlier, I would love to sit down with you and play this game with you at some point because I know that there are a lot of factors that go into making this game good or bad. And if it's not your cup of tea at the end of the day, I totally get it, but I'd love to have a chance to see, right? Finding ways to not only truly listen and understand what's going on, but to be able to come back and not just say, well, you're wrong, right? Or even right. not even just stopping at, I found a way to say it that doesn't hurt. Is there a way that we can say it that actually creates some common ground, some good opportunity to grow together, to become closer, to see the other viewpoint in a real way, and maybe even present your own in a more real way, understanding that that might not change anything, but at the very least, it's now not about the conflict, it's about the discovery together. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you know, giving out that option, hey, I, 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 I know this game inside out, I played it, let's try, let's try it again, let's give you a different experience. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? Um, discussing a book that maybe someone didn't like. Oh, yeah, you know, I really, I saw it from this point, you know, maybe reread this chapter, but look at it from this perspective. Yeah. And then when they go back and reread it, maybe that will change something. Um, because when we're offering those insights, maybe we're shifting that perspective a little bit and maybe they'll see it differently. I mean, I know there's been several times where I've read a book and I'm like, man, that just, that book just wasn't that great, you know? But yeah. then I read it a second time and I'm like, whoa, how did, how did I miss this chapter? I know I read this whole book, but there's something that was in there that I missed the first time that now kind of changed that, uh, you know? And maybe someone else saw that and they can kind of help you out. Uh, but I like that. That is always the thing that I've always tried to do when talking with people, especially when people aren't seeing eye to eye with me is, that's their perspective. It's okay that they have a different opinion. It doesn't make me any better or them any better than me. You know, that's life. We have different perceptions. We have different opinions. We grew up in different places. We, you know, <laughs> our lives have been different. So it's okay that our filters and how we view things in this world are different. It doesn't make anyone less or more than a person. It's their opinion and their opinion matters just as much as mine does. Uh, which is why I'm sure so many listeners listen to our show. We all have an opinion and we're definitely not uh, a bunch of yes guys where we all agree on the same thing. Clearly yes, that's right. We've made that point multiple times where Alton I just, know. I don't know. Well, Alton doesn't love one of the greatest movies ever made. Right. Uh, <laughs> and I may not love it, but there are things that I enjoy about it. And those are Fair the things enough. that we can share. He still hasn't seen Howard the Duck or Army of Darkness or all these other great movies out there. I feel like that's on us now, Daniel. I feel like that's there's, our responsibility. And, I know. and there's plenty of time in 2021, especially with the teasing. Discord server and everything else. <laughs> we'll I know. Find I'm some time. Teasing. I'm teasing. But see, that's the thing is though we have these difference of opinion, we can tease each other. We can have fun with it, just like Krebs does with his students. Um, it's okay to have fun in this realm. And, you know, on that note, before we say sayonara for the night, um, I, will, I had this question nagging at my brain. What is a fandom that you love that may not be all that common or maybe gets a lot of flack? Do we want to bring it up now? Just our quick 30 second and then put it up on the Discord server for everybody else to answer? 
Uh, yes, actually, that is exactly the question I wanted to put on the Discord server. Tell us about your favorite fandom. In fact, we might even refer to it as a guilty pleasure to some degree. It's that fandom that you love that very few other people are into, or maybe it gets a lot of flack from other people. But we want to hear what you love despite all that. Should we do ours tonight or should we save it for next time? We'll Why read we some of your responses on the air and no. we'll tell you what our favorite fans are. I say we, we can do it tonight and then we'll see what everyone else says. Awesome. I'll go first because mine's way low hanging fruit. And I think it's extremely obvious. Uh, of course, Crawl. Crawl, I think, is a phenomenal film. We made a whole episode about it, so I'm not going to go deep into it, but I get giddy and passionate about that silly, silly movie from 1983 that personally I don't view as actually silly. And that's just fine. That's right. No shame in that. You know, along those same lines, uh, something that gets constantly bashed are many of the classic board games like Sorry and Monopoly and Parcheesi and all these other things. Games that do have real flaws um, partially just because, you know, gaming as we understand it now really wasn't a thing yet, but also because they have a level of simplicity, not a ton of theming, not a ton of story or, you know, engaging elements and often can be very punishing. But at the same time, I personally love Monopoly. I really, really do. Um, it has a good degree of RNG to it. And there are a lot of good underpinnings that while I see many ways to improve them, they often have inspired me to be able to take cool things away into other aspects of my designs and ways in which I interact with other people because it is a shell that is easy enough to understand and communicate that, you know, it, it, it gives some opportunities for me. That's nice. awesome. All right, so mine, I'm going to flash forward from 1983 to 1993 for a little-known film that just hit theaters uh, in February of 93 that starred one of my favorite actors. And, you know, there's a time-traveling guy got thrown back to the, the era of King Arthur with a chainsaw hooked to his hand and his boomstick, <laughs> Army of Darkness. It is... One of those films that is, it's, you know, it's part of the Evil Dead series. It's completely silly and stupid. And most people, I mean, you talk to most people and they're like, what? This came to the theaters? It's the only one out of the three that came to theaters. And it was hilarious. I watch it every October. Um, even my Halloween decorations have have some tie to it because I would do these video displays with Oingo Boingo's No One Lives Forever and I would take scenes from Army of Darkness with the, the deadites rising from the grave and attacking the castle with this song playing in the background projected up on my garage. Uh, you know, it just, I love this film and it's so campy and cheesy and it's got amazing one-liners that, you know, that just you're like this would never work anywhere else you know like the 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 main lady gets turned into this witch and she's like you once found me beautiful and you know ash bruce campbell's character looks at her and goes you got real ugly you know <laughs> just something like that or you know give me some sugar baby or you know the the line that everyone knows from that movie this is my boomstick 
and shop smart, shop S smart. Yeah, yeah, shop smart, shop S smart. Uh, you know, it's it's and it's but the thing is, and you go around and the people that love that movie, you say those lines and they know exactly what you're talking about. People that haven't seen that movie are like, "What the crap are you talking about?" And that that's the thing. And you get a lot of flack for it. Like, really? That that was such a low budget film. There, but who cares? You know, Bruce Campbell is amazing. I, I love him. And that movie is fantastic. So for those of you that don't know it, you should watch it. And with that, we would ask you, all of our fellow crawlers, what is your guilty pleasure fandom? What is the fandom that you love that other people are not so that other people are not so into? I just said other people's. That was weird. That other people are not so into, but you still celebrate. We want to hear it and we want to celebrate it with you. Hop onto the Discord if you're not there yet. Please. Follow the links either on this podcast or go to our website and follow the join Discord server link that is found there and shoot us a message about your favorite Guilty Pleasure fandom. Yes. Yeah. Uh, definitely do that because, well, with that said, we're out of here. Yeah. And no matter who or what you love, tell your story, whatever may come. And fandoms, though they be popular or hated, just remember to always be epic and don't suck. Remember, the force will be with you always. Dungeon Crawlers.